The summer's Leland Services theme has been transformational moments, times in our lives that precipitated a new path and or a transcendent experience. I'm going to try to describe such a period in my life that led to our, child, our children being named differently from my surname. Our family tree reads Glenda Parsons, that's the great Glenda Joy Parsons, and Chuck Harris begot Alex, Ben, and Anna Huntington. What's in a name? In 1963, at the start of my high school senior year, my mom and stepdad got divorced. I dropped out of high school to work in the family drive-in restaurant with my mom. It was already in steep financial decline and we couldn't make a go of it. Bankruptcy followed and we moved into the projects, public housing. Mom got waitressing jobs I got a job as a cook in a downtown 24-hour restaurant working the graveyard shift, 10 at night to 6 in the morning. To get hired, I needed a social security card. This triggered a significant emotional life event for me. I needed to present a birth certificate to get a social security number. And my birth certificate did not have my name on it. My name was Charles Sanders, the name I had grown up with since the fourth grade. My whole identity was Charles Sanders. I and my two younger half-brothers had taken my stepfather's name when mom married Sanders, but the birth certificate said Harris, which was in fact my legal name. Harris would not allow Sanders to adopt us, so since the fourth grade, we went by Sanders anyway. But wait, there's more. Although Harris was my, my legal name and the name on my birth certificate, it wasn't actually my biological father's name. You see, I was born in July and mom and my biological father's divorce was final in August and mom married Harris soon after and Harris adopted me. My birth certificate was reopened and the name changed to Harris. The fourth through the 12th grades as I grew up, I liked the name Charles Sanders and it certainly became who I was. During the same time frame, I learned to despise the name Harris. During mom's divorce, I needed to testify in the child custody court fight. Mom won, but it frightened me. Afterwards, Harris refused to pay court-ordered child support. A few years later, Mom married Sanders. I'm sorry, a few years later, yes, that's right. A few years later, after Mom married Sanders, Harris exercised, for the first and only time, his right to take custody of me and my half-brothers during August. We lived in Montana in a 27-foot house trailer with a small added lean-to. Harris traveled from Arizona, picked us up, and took us back to Arizona. At the end of August, Harris hit us from mom when she came to pick us up. 
Only by going to court did she get us back. Harris used pictures of our trailer to argue that we kids lived in an unfit family environment. After the court fight, we went back to Montana, got the trailer, and moved to the territory of Alaska to be as far from Harris as possible. So, what's in a name? In late 1963, I transformed, very unhappily, from Charles Sanders, a nearly straight-A student who lived life during the day with a small circle of high school friends, to Chuck Harris, a high school dropout, working and associating with people of the night and trying to sleep during the day. Nobody seemed to miss the old Charles Sanders. He had simply faded away. I felt depression, confusion, anger, exhaustion from trying to be stoic and acceptant of it all. For a year and a half, I worked in that downtown restaurant. It was alongside a three-time loser, a multiple convicted felon paroled from Oregon State Penitentiary. He was short, wiry, Korean War combat veteran, and drug addict from Portland. And he was black. He became my closest compatriot and confidant, and I guess I was his. His name was Donald Clifton McLaren. I only, don I only know Don's middle name because of his parole discharge certificate that he bequeathed me upon completion in 1965. He left Oregon the very next day. Our relationship formed the basis for the new Chuck Harris and for Don's completing a difficult parole avoiding hard drugs. Speaking of what's in a name, I remember Don saying a couple times in a sarcastic sporting kind of way, hey man, do I look Scottish to you? We talked about a lot of things, but he never mentioned his McLaren surname origin. And unfortunately, I never thought to ask. When you think about it, many black Americans probably have a surname different from their bloodline. And as depicted in the children's story, many others also have different surnames. I and our kids are in good company, I think. So how did our kids get named Huntington? Well, when Glenda and I started to discuss a longer term formal relationship, I remember we agreed to two basic rules, both of which she broke, by the way. This is not forever and no kids. Well, it seems like it has been forever and we've had three kids. Having the first kid was the toughest for a number of reasons and what the surname should be was a big deal. Harris as a name was out. Parsons was considered, but Glenda at that time had brothers who had passed the name on and it didn't seem to fit us as a family. So why choose Huntington? 
Well, <clears throat> here's the rest of the story. Following mom's divorce, we went to Montana to live with my maternal grandmother and step-grandfather. Mom met Sanders while we were there. At the end of the tourist season, and as my grandmother recently committed suicide, mom and Sanders decided to move elsewhere. We were dropped off in Seattle to live with my maternal grandfather and step-grandmother, while mom and Sanders went on to Las Vegas to get married and find work. The time with my step-grandmother was the most peaceful, comfortable, and steadying time of my life. My step-grandmother, Helen, made it so, and these feelings stuck with me. A few years later, my grandfather died and Helen remarried. Glenda met Helen several times after we were married, and although Helen was not a blood relative, she always made us feel that we were. So when Alex was born, we agreed to honor Helen by naming our kids Huntington after her. Glenda and I aspired to give the kids that we made together a name that we decided together, symbolizing a new beginning, hopefully, free from past disappointments and pain. So what's in a name? There can be a lot. The name can run deep to your core about who you are, or it can run deep, <clears throat> excuse me, or it can run deep to your core about what and who you don't want to be. Most of the time, I think it's up to each of us, but sometimes a name can have deep meaning and emotions that poison you or lift you up. Sometimes we don't get to choose what's in a name. Sometimes we do. Speaking of what's in a name, as Alan brought up in his talk two weeks ago, now may be a good time for us, UUCL members and friends, to reflect on what we call ourselves. We've chosen the spiritual community together, but does our name, Unitarian Universalist Church of Loudoun, really fit who we are and what we want to be? Does the word church in our title constrain us or confine us? Does it limit or expand our possibilities? Are all of us comfortable with it? What's in a name? It can be complicated. Blessed be.